0: The Antidote welcomes Carla Olive, David Andrew Weeb, and Frederick Tamagi, the three artists featured on the new release, Spirit Searcher, Volume 1. Thanks for coming.
1: Happy to be here.
0: Yeah, thanks for having
1: us.
2: Thank you.
0: You know, The Antidote receives hundreds of songs each week, and the Spirit Searcher release got my attention because it's not typical of music coming from an artist who's Christian. The info for the EP said that each of you were inspired to question and challenge your conventional religious experience. But really, shouldn't we just accept what we're taught each Sunday morning?
1: (laughs) Go ahead, David, you were were ready to answer, so go ahead. What a wonderful question.
3: Uh, I think my whole life has led to this point of questioning everything, questioning the system, which really all began for me, I guess, in early adulthood. When I began questioning the sincerity of the government. And then pretty much before I knew it, I was questioning religion and my very beliefs and everything else that I had been taught and shown and and once believed. And I think it's just an important part of my process, of my growth. I've come to see it as I'm on a path of spiritual growth and expansion. And I think it's a never-ending path that I'm going to be continuing on. So, for me, there's a lot of value that has come out of that questioning.
0: Now we've discovered that David is actually an anarchist. So, Frederick, <laughs> no. what about you? <laughs> uh,
1: you know, I I have a, a pretty conventional sort of Christian upbringing um, in the institutional church and have been through a number of different incarnations, like right from uh, like the United Church of Canada, where I, I first started, right through to uh, sort of the… Uh, the kind of crazy postmodern church where I actually met Carla. Um, but th- the main thing for me was that, you know, I accepted a lot of the institutional church offering in terms of who God was, uh, how we were supposed to experience him, how we were supposed to follow the rules. Uh, and over a period of time, my, I guess my own experience with who I believed to be God uh, started to diverge from the experience that I started to have with the people and uh, sort of the structures of institutional religion. And those experiences started to diverge a lot. Um, it never prevented me from believing in God, but it started to, to make me question uh, the way that institutional religion uh, confines us to you know, to a certain and, and a very kind of narrow sort of path, which is sort of a biblical term, but it doesn't seem to, to square with the experiences that I was having both in the world and with God, I ended up thinking and believing it was a way more complicated than that, and so that put me in a position where I had to question just my own experience with uh, with institutional religion. That's kind of why I've come to this place.
0: Right now, Carla, how about telling us your story?
2: <laughs> well, I don't, uh, I don't feel that uh, growing up, um, going to church uh, was a bad thing. I think it was such a great education as far as. How the Bible was represented and and presented, um, but I've always uh, always felt that um, God is, has given us a, a complex brain, uh, given us a, a curiosity, and uh, and so I don't think there's anything wrong with questioning pretty much everything that we learn. You know that there's always kind of that other side of things, and so if anything, it's just enhanced uh my faith um my outlook uh of the world uh and those questions are are good i mean that's that's how we grow no i don't think we have to just bow down and and turn an eye uh, to questions i think it's such a such a good thing for growth well maybe we
0: should hear from david and frederick is it helpful to question or doubt
3: i think it can be a difficult challenging experience for many people intellectually, emotionally, psychologically, spiritually on every level going through that process of questioning and doubting and and thinking about your beliefs can absolutely be difficult and painful but what emerges on that other side of that can be quite beautiful as well. Really long term it can only strengthen your beliefs and your faith and flesh out those ideas or preconceived ideas you might have about God and religion and spirituality.
1: Yeah, I I have to kind of agree also with the first thing that Carla said about the institutional church, is that there's nothing wrong at all with the institutional church in being there and being a place and a refuge uh, for people who need that that sort of, uh, I guess, certainty and comfort level in their lives. I think part of the of the fallacy, if you will, or the misunderstanding, uh, I think about God is that um, the church seems to be afraid of questions and, in a way, uh, want us to believe that there's a you know a body of truth and that's it and that uh, we need to turn our curiosity off. My own experience with God is that you know He's supposed to have and does have all of the answers. You know. Um, if he knows everything from the beginning to the end, then he's the last person that would be afraid of questions. Uh, and I think that in a way that's kind of an incentive uh, for me anyway, and I, I think that's what we're trying to communicate through the, through the EP, is uh, that God's not afraid of questions. And the more questions that we ask, uh, the more opportunity we get to know him.
0: Well that raises another point then are you searching for an answer that's absolutely concrete or are you willing to accept the gray?
1: I don't think any of us, uh, I don't want to speak for them, but for myself, I really do actually believe that there is uh, an absolute truth. I can't presume to know it all. uh, And the whole idea of questions and answers is, is to sort of journey to that. Uh, I don't expect uh, that, Uh, I'm going to learn all of it. So I think if your question is, will there always be some uncertainty? Will there always be a gray zone that will be the active place where we ask questions? I'll say, yes, I do think that for sure.
3: And the rest of you. Yeah, I do feel that I can accept the gray. I agree with Fred that there must be an absolute truth. It's just that I may not be able to fathom it within my own humanity I don't know if there is a way to, to see the whole truth for what it is, if only because I think in, in humanity we have consensus. Truth is much harder to pin down. Consensus is easy. We agree that the sky is blue. But what if it isn't? What if that's just how we see it through our own eyes? So there is a truth, but I have to accept the gray. It, it's my only option. Yeah,
2: I think, I think we live with the gray every day. You know, there's, there's always new things to question, and uh, I guess that's where faith comes in.
0: Carla, I'd like to bring in one of your songs that's found on Spirit Searcher. Cry for Peace seems to be tuned into our current world situation when it says, And who are we to forfeit history? Lessons learned should change the way we live. And later on, the song also says, The cry is so loud to love each other and live in peace. Let's have your opinion. Has the world ever been in a worse spot?
2: <laughs> oh, my goodness. I think, I think throughout all of history, there's always just, you know, we always think, well, this is the hardest time in history, or this is the hardest time I that think, I think we're continually going through struggle. And yeah, today is, is a tough time. Um, but I, I keep asking my older friends. Can you think of a time in, in your life that uh, that history has been so uh, upheaval and uh, and they all have an answer for it, you know, like it's, <laughs> the world continually is struggling for peace.
0: Well, okay, then let me bring in a hard question. Is living in peace just a fantasy?
2: Uh, I don't think it is a fantasy. I think it's, a, it's more of a, uh, perhaps, a state of mind that we kind of have to... Come um, to you, I guess. Uh so here's something. You're all
0: coming from the same mindset. So it really makes me curious as to how the three of you connected.
1: Uh, maybe I'll take that one. So I've known Carla for about 20 years. Uh, I've <laughs> known I've known David for about 10 years. Um, so I, like I said, I, I came through a really conventional Christian upbringing right from the United Church of Canada through... Pentecostal uh, to a pretty liberal evangelical. And then I, um, I ended up moving into a phase where uh, I wanted to do something a little bit in Christian media and wanted to develop a radio program, an original Christian radio program with music and, and drama and so on. But I didn't know anybody. I didn't know any uh, Christian artists. I didn't know any uh, singers or actors and so on. And And so I, um, I happened upon... A small item, an advertisement for uh, a church that was starting uh, in Northwest Calgary, uh, a postmodern church, an experiment that was devoted to uh, the worship of God through art. And um, called the pastor and said, I have no idea why I'm calling you, but I think I'm supposed to call you and invited me to a service. And uh, I walked in uh, to a Sunday evening service there in an ATCO trailer and uh, Carla was uh, up at the front leading worship with uh, like an incredible original worship song and um, our relationship developed from then uh, and uh, she and I have been involved in music and arts projects uh, both in the church and outside the church in the community uh, for 20 years. David I met 10 years ago uh, when I opened a music and arts cafe in Calgary I sort of had a vision for a community arts place where uh, artists who weren't famous or who weren't working musicians could find a home, uh, develop and practice their art and express their art uh, to the community in you know, an intentional place. And I met David 10 years ago. Uh, he came in and walked in as a songwriter. Carlo was also there as the host of our songwriter open mic. And uh, we've been involved both musically and spiritually with each other ever since, even though we're, all, we're just completely different people and come from different places on the compass. We've become a bit of a spiritual family uh, in the way that we are trying to pursue God and the way that we're trying to pursue creativity. So that's kind of how the three of us met.
0: Well, I'd like to ask you this question then, Frederick, because mm-hmm. you're keyed right into the arts. What is your thoughts about the Christian arts community? Is it viable and is it doing anything?
1: Well, I think we, we've all had an experience with the Christian arts community. Uh, you know, I mean, we have this background in, in you know, worship music and writing original Christian songs and, and being around Christian artists. And there's, there are just as many wonderful Christian artists as there are secular artists. Although we know it's different in Canada, like certainly in, in the United States, like the Christian music industry is a behemoth of its own. But I think we've kind of stayed on the fringes of that because of the very reason why we question uh, our experience with the institutional church that in some ways, just like with your program, Dave, we felt, I certainly have felt that Christian music is kind of a silo unto itself. And, uh, you know, you've heard the the cliche of, you know, writing songs with a Jesus every three bars uh, mm-hmm. in the song. We know and understand it's far more complicated than that, and so that's, in a sense, how we have written. Uh, but we also realize that what we write isn't really isn't in keeping with sort of the conventional Christian music industry paradigm. Um, so I think it absolutely is healthy, but siloed. In some ways, we think it excludes a whole population of, of people who want to understand or are searching for truth, but are prevented Uh, you know, from sort of entry into that sort of exclusive rarefied Christian environment uh, and are forced to kind of, uh, you know, seek truth elsewhere. And that's where we have felt like there's a huge mission opportunity, I guess.
0: I'm interested to hear about how this EP came about, because it's not like all of you live in the same city. David's from Abbotsford, Carlos out in Victoria, and Frederick here from Calgary, you couldn't have been getting together in person. Did it make it difficult to create songs that could actually blend together into a single release?
3: I think Fred could uh, speak to that very well, but what I will say is that you know we were all in Calgary at one point or another. I was there until very recently, I guess it would have been October 2019 and Carla was there till I don't know the exact date but until a few years ago. So we all had that opportunity to interact and connect with each other and even perform. And we we were all on the same stage for Frederick's CD release party. And that was a fantastic experience. So Carla was up there as a backing singer, as guitarist and keyboardist. And I was up there playing an assortment of guitars and and singing backups (laughs) as well. So I think we had at least a sensibility for each other in terms of what we wanted to do. And when it came time to talk about this EP, uh, Carla and Frederick already had some very amazing professionally produced tracks. I did not. Most of my recordings were rough demos and rough takes from, from my home studio. So I needed to go in and record some songs. But I think a huge part of that connection for me was a community project that Fred and I did a few years ago called The Question Community. The whole point of that was kind of the pursuit of truth and we would have musicians and singer-songwriters and poets come up and perform at i believe it was at the front of of the community gathering and so they would share their art and it was presented as their version of truth or their version of reality or how they saw truth and so the whole community kind of got to weigh in and ask questions and see for themselves what what it was all about so i guess my context for this compilation was sort of along those lines that we had an opportunity
0: to present our version of truth. Carla, any thoughts from you?
2: Yeah. Like, you know, the the EP came together because uh, we all have a similar view of, of how we want to get our music out there and for what reason, you know? And I think that's what brought us together was like, okay, we got these, these great songs, this, uh, this message, and we want to share it as a community, you know, as three people instead of just one, you know?
0: To pull you back up on stage, David, hope is a topic that Christians often bring up, and you've recorded a song titled Hope. The lyrics say, I once believed in something unseen, so when is that ship coming in? You know, the song makes it sound as if you've been let down at some point.
3: (laughs) Yes. Yes, absolutely I have. Uh, In fact, my last corporate religious institutional experience was anything but a wonderful experience. And we all like to think that, you know, there are churches where we belong or communities where we belong. Uh, Sometimes we find a gathering, but we all know. I think within Christians, the conversation is always, there is no perfect church You can't find it. There's good ones, but there's just no perfect ones. And my former experience there with that church was just that, you know, I attended religiously every Sunday. I showed up and I didn't make any friends except for maybe one. And they always talked a big game about street evangelism and let's get out there. And, and so the focus was really on let's get out there, let's get out there, let's get out there. But there was no attempt at connecting with within the church um, among the people. So for me, that was just disheartening. And I would even go to home groups in an attempt to get to know people a little bit better. But then pretty soon I found that uh, basically the people running the whole thing would just kind of take over the conversation and talk about whatever they wanted to talk about. And it was never about creating friendships and connecting and and having that sense of community. So that was not a great experience.
0: Is that it? Is that the ultimate goal? Is that connection?
3: I do feel that connection and community is a very important part of the experience. And that may not be the case for everybody. For me, it is. I would like to be a part of a community that is supportive, that's connective. I grew up in Japan, and it's such a beautiful culture and country, and the people are amazing. And I always had that sense of community there. I never had to go looking for it. I was always amongst friends. I haven't had that same experience in in North America much of the time, and it's definitely a difference in culture as well. But for me, that is a Definitely an important part of of the experience.
0: Reading each of your bios, there's this common thread. It's not just music that you're involved with, it's also social issues.
1: Yeah. All of us, because of our experience, you know, have you know different concerns and interests uh, in respect to social issues and social justice. I think my main motivation in both you know writing songs, in the different communities we've been involved in together, Carla and David and I, um, some religious, some non-religious, is that it goes back to the original premise of what I said, that it just feels often as if Christianity or institutional religion combined with it form sort of its own little fortress, its own little enclave in the middle of society, meant to be, I guess, a, a beacon of some kind or a light source, but often, I think it's seen by, by many people in society, believers or not, uh, as kind of a fortress. And I think one of the experiences I've had for sure, and I've had this experience with Carla and David, is that um, it feels, even though uh, as a believer, you're expected to naturally gravitate to the fortress, right, to that community. I felt most of the time that I actually had more, um, shared more in common. With non-believers and non-churchgoers, uh, in respect to the experiences and the questions uh, and the struggles that we've got, just as human beings trying to navigate, and so that's how I'd probably uh, answer the social issues question. Is I think I think truth is a social issue, uh, and I think that people outside the church are just as hungry for truth as people claim to be inside the church, but. It's a very underserved truth market, uh, I guess it is. uh, Might be a way to put it. Um, So I I actually believe truth is a social issue, uh, and that's maybe as specific as I could get.
0: Well, Frederick, let's keep you on for a minute, and we're going to ignore those West Coast radicals (laughs) and and talk about your music. Okay. You have the two longest songs on Spirit Searcher.
1: You know, (laughs) they lean
0: towards storytelling even more than a song. What do you think? Are stories and songs the same thing?
1: Uh, you know, David and Carla are laughing because I, I have a reputation of writing long songs. Um, I was told very early in my songwriting journey that if you want to get you know a song on the radio or play time for your song, it can't be any more than three to three and a half minutes maximum. Uh, and yet I found myself in a situation and continue to find myself uh, in a place where I cannot actually articulate what I'm thinking in less than five minutes, uh, and and so I, I've pretty much given up the idea of ever being a commercial songwriter. Um, but I, I think I think you've touched on something. I think you're right that truth comes in lots of different forms, and 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 the way that we apprehend truth comes in different forms. Sometimes it's a in an instant and a moment, and we've all had that experience. And so you know I'm sure uh, you have too, Dave. But you know, for me, most of the time, truth comes to me in a kind of a narrative, and that's why my my songs end up being as long as they are. There are a lot of words, but I but I am trying to to articulate a complete thought or a complete image, uh, and I'm trying to to bring the listener to a conclusion. Maybe not exactly the same conclusion I'm reaching as I write it, but I want it to be a complete thought for the listener, and and that's why. Uh, I think my songs are a bit long,
0: let's bring in one of your songs that does ask the question mm-hmm. because the e p finishes with your song, Don't stop asking why now yes. I want to spin that around. Why not stop asking
1: uh because i think I think again, when we talked about you know underserved, I think in many ways, you know we've become so technologically driven, so formula driven in our world, even inside the church, you know it's almost like um, you know, every message, every sermon, there's kind of a uh, you know a two plus two equals four kind of path that goes on, uh, and I think that almost the entire world's become uh, dominated by sort of the scientific and the technological question. You know, the the, the what, the where, the how, the when. Um, you know, every citizen journalist uh, now believes that they are uh, you know, a reporter for you know the Globe and Mail. Uh, I think. One of the, the things that drives us uh, to trying to find uh, a transcendent truth or a spiritual truth or an eternal truth is the question about why things are, which is probably not only the most underserved, but the most underanswered question. And so almost pretty much everything I write is focused on my own questions about why things are, why am I the way I am? Why is the world the way it is? Why do people relate to, the, uh, to each other the way they do? why is there no peace? That's as eternal a question as I can think of, and that's one of the reasons why I think it's the most important question.
0: Carla, I'd like to ask you, could you actually sum up the overall message of Spirit Searcher?
2: Yeah, the overall message of Spirit Searcher is is to ask the questions why, to be vigilant, to be awake, and to really question why are we here, for one, and, and what is our purpose? And how do we need to be in our heart in order to to be effective and and to to love, you know, to to uh, encourage peace? Yeah.
0: Does anybody else have anything they want to add to that?
1: Uh, could could I just maybe add to the the issue of why? Sure. So, you know, I'm a parent. Uh, you know, I've got three children. Uh, one of the things, particularly with babies and with young children growing up, uh, is you know, when you're in conversation with them, I know with my own daughter, as an example, um, incredibly inquisitive, uh, I would say almost every second question was about why, or the one-word responses I get from her were why. Uh, and I give an <laughs> yeah, answer. I mean, and then she'd go... Then so she'd, much so that you want to pull your hair out, right? E- exactly. And and i give what I thought was a complete answer, and she go, well, why? <laughs> why is that? And, you know, it's an interesting sort of allegory for, I think, the way that we kind of need to approach God in asking for answers is never never stop asking those same questions that your child would ask you, the majority of which are why.
0: That's great. Does anybody else have any comments they want to make about Spirit Searcher?
3: I think the title encapsulates it fairly well. I think there are people who feel comfortable where they are, and there's absolutely nothing wrong with that in whatever setting they're in, religious, home, or otherwise. And I think there's also people who are really seeking and trying to figure things out. What is truth? Who is God? Is there God? What's spirituality? What is my spiritual life like? Do I even have one? So again, I guess, coming back to questions, just like Mm -hmm. Fred said, I think that it really encapsulates what this is about.
1: One of the hopes actually, uh, one of the underlying hopes we have for the EP is the idea that if this kind of sort of non-linear expression, uh, outside the box expression about the search for truth and the search for spirit resonates, we're actually hoping that other artists that are journeying the same way and on a similar path uh, might be willing and available to, to submit songs for other volumes of Spirit Searcher. You know, this was an experiment for us. We deliberately named it Spirit Searcher Volume One because we thought that what might happen is that other artists that are on this path uh, might have similar expressions, similar songs that we might be able to put in, um, you know, future uh, EPs and future anthologies. So, in a way, it's a bit of an invitation. And I think that's one of the reasons we're, we appreciate that that you're kind of sharing this with all the listeners that you've got, that you know, we think that there's, there's more songwriters uh, that are like us and that are, are struggling and uh, efforting to find the truth just like we are. So uh, in a way, it's a bit of an open invitation. Uh, we have our contact information on the EP. Uh, so if anyone would like to get in touch with us about possibly submitting songs for a future EP, we, we'd be certainly open to that. And how would they get in touch with you? Well, we have all of our, our websites uh, on the EP, uh, CarlaOlive.ca, DavidAndrewWeed.com, and com and we all have uh, email contacts within those. So that that would be the best way to, to kind of get a hold of us, and we can start a conversation. I mean, it's taken us about a year with the various <laughs> things we're doing to, to pull the, the EP together, but I think, you know, with David's help for sure, we... I think we may have found a, a fairly efficient way to do it. You know, hopefully if you know, there's any kind of resonance or traction with uh, the first one that we might be able to do this again with, uh, with some other guest artists.
0: You know, I almost forgot to ask where can our listeners find spirit searcher volume one?
3: Well, you can find it on Amazon, Spotify, Deezer, title, Google play, just about anywhere you find music.
0: I really want to thank all of you for giving your time to The Antidote. Thanks for this talk.
2: Thank you, Dave.
1: Thanks, Dave. Thank you very much, Dave. Really appreciate it.
2: Bye, Dave.